0: Hello, and welcome back. We bring to you another season of Sister Stories. I am Tay and I am joined by Tess Adams to kick off season two. Tess will share her views as an advocate and a survivor. She will give advice on trusting yourself and telling yourself the truth. Join us. Hello, and welcome to season two of Sister Stories. This is Shantae from the Sisters Group. I am also the guest from episode four in season one. You all may remember, SISTERS stands for Survivors in Service to Extend Resiliency. This platform gives survivors the opportunity to tell their stories from a strength perspective focusing on their resiliency and healing journey rather than assumptions, myths, and stereotypes. Today, we have a special guest. She holds the position of transition coordinator with the Remnants Resource Center to End Domestic Violence. She has been with the agency for 10 years, advocating for survivors as they continue on their journey. On today's episode, we will get insight from the view of an advocate who is also a survivor. Exploring her personal walk and the time and energy she pours into those families experiencing domestic violence. Welcome, Tess. Thank you, Chate. I appreciate your introduction. <laughs> Thank you for your time, as I'm sure your schedule is full. The honor is mine. Thank you for having me. But wait, Tess, before we begin, (laughs) I want to share with our listeners that you have been advocating for me since 2016. And though we've grown to know so much about each other, we have a wonderful friendship. (laughs) It feels a little different being the person who gets to ask all of the questions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So just bear with me. So, Tess, tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm
1: -hmm. Tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a person who enjoys and appreciates and values life. I'm a mother of three, a grandmother of three. I'm a women's advocate. And I am a person who's very curious about life. I'm a domestic violence survivor. Actually, I'm a second generation. Um survivor of domestic violence. I am grateful to share that that has been broken. Yeah. That my children is not experiencing domestic violence. Yes. And my grandchildren knows the choices and the signs, if it ever appears in their lives before they are even in a close relationship because they're still young. Um,
0: That's very powerful that you have broken that cycle Mm -hmm. of domestic violence and you've been able to show not only your children, but your grandchildren how strong and powerful it can be once you get out of that. And... I like how you shared that they know the signs. So that's really good. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And you spoke about you're a woman advocate. And I know the role that you play with WRC. So what actually brought you to WRC? How did you um, become affiliated with the organization? My story. Um, Jean
1: Douglas who is the director of the Women Resource Center. Um, She saw me in the community giving back. To other survivors, and um, one day she just asked me, you know um, why well, I would like to come and join her team and um, that's when it all begins, where my story to me was given a sense of I want you to say purpose, I don't want to Um, put that into um, a destiny for what my life was supposed to be. But if it could at least give sense to why I experienced what I experienced for the years that I experienced. Because I was in that relationship for 16 years. Um, It took another 10 years for me to pick up and put those pieces back together again. Wow. Um, and so when I had the opportunity to uh, walk with other survivors, hear their stories, file an identification, um, also to give back, which was given to me, the information, the resources, the support, the community. Um, it sparked a passion in me that I was really walking in a fulfillment of a purpose that was created from something that was trying to just take all the life out of me, physical, spiritually, and emotionally. Wow. wow.
0: That's uh I'm saying, wow, because I'm stuck on those numbers. You said you were in the relationship for 16 years. Then it took you another 10 years to start. Is it to start your healing journey? Like what those 10 years? So is it 26 years you're saying that you gave to this?
1: Pretty much. Um, Right there at those numbers, as I said, was 16 years in the, trenches of that relationship and how it left me. Um I always say the physical abuse, as devastating as that is, um, is nothing like the emotional and spiritual or uh, how that leaves you. Um and especially for someone who had experienced for the length of time that I did, it it really took so much from me. You know, I didn't know who I was anymore. I um didn't have a sense of um a joy for life. I um my self esteem um aspirations um my existing where do you go and how do you pick up from there right right you know um everything i thought and i believed it was so murky it was so just um it was just so clouded i i And and, in the era that I was going through, being in that, the system that was in society at that time is once you took those vows, you Mm -hmm. survived those Mm -hmm. vows. Mm
0: -hmm. What goes on in your house, stays in your your house, right? I've heard that even in my generation era. I've heard the same thing. I've heard the same thing. What are
1: you doing? What did you do, wrong? And so after he walked Mm -hmm. and that's the craziest part right there. He left. Mm -hmm. He created all this devastation. He took all this life. And then when he was done, I was just tossed. And he went on. And left me with the three children and apartment and he was like ghosts and living his life and i was just i was in a comatose state but still fully awoke that's the best way to explain Mm -hmm. every day i would wake up and just be in a nightmare Mm -hmm. and didn't know how to find my way Mm -hmm. so that
0: um I guess summarize those 16 years and then the 10 years, would that lead us into you being a part of WRC and you becoming an advocate, like your healing journey and then?
1: My healing journey started with an organization similar to WRC. Okay. Um, And I know that that is the reason why I'm the advocate that I am today. Because the same love and caring, with respect, not judgment, and I heard I had a voice. Um, Those things that was given to me was the building block of me, starting in those pieces together. Um, Going to therapy, Um, having a safe place, Um, having time to feel that what I've been through and not to be judged. judged. Yeah, that's what's so important. It's
0: very important. It's very important. And you may have shared your stories with some of the survivors who you have walked with and walking with, but having you here today is so powerful because they get to see the other side of tennis, Mm -hmm. And our listeners get to see that A lot of people who have the passion, a lot of workers and advocates who go into this profession, they have a story behind them. And it's so beautiful that you can share today and you're open. And I'm very thankful for this. Mm -hmm. Um, You and I, we have spoke several times and I've heard parts of your story, but I don't ever recall like, you know, being in person with you. So to see the different emotions and just to see you um, expressing your story, it's, um, it's having an effect on me. It's having a very positive effect on me that if Tess can do it and, you know, work through all of those things in her healing process, I can do the same as I see myself still in the beginning stages mm-hmm. of my healing and raising the kids, um, my two children. So thank you for that. Um, what is something that you know now that you would share with Tess at the beginning mm-hmm. of her journey? <laughs> mm-hmm. So something that you would share with her at the beginning of that 10 years, like right before you started your healing journey.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: is something that is just she has to know that like she has to know this, that you would tell her? Trust yourself. Ooh, trust yourself
1: really trust yourself whatever that that you're feeling inside sit with it, explore it ask yourself those questions be transparent and honest with yourself not necessarily those around you which is still important but more than that it's what I tell myself when I need help to reach out for help when I am looking for that approval, to find it in myself. Um, One of the things that I replayed for many years um, that took for me a long time to get over is that I didn't trust myself. I didn't feel though I was capable of doing it without him.
0: Um, I of those things. I remember those things. So you're talking to me you're talking to me right now.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah.
1: I trust yourself. And also believe what you're seeing. See, for me, I always was connected to the woman I wanted to be, the family I wanted to have but I was disconnected with what actually was going on. And I will hold on, hoping for change. And change is possible, it can happen. But in this moment and in this time, what is my truth? What is my reality? And I make my decision based upon that. Not on what I want it to be, but actually what it is. And if I would have done that from the very beginning, right, if I would have spoke my truth, Mm -hmm. right, if I would have been honest with what was, not what I want him to be or hoping that he could be, but who he is today. And based my decision on those facts, I would have spared myself a lot of. Unnecessary pain,
0: hurt, and time. As I say, you're speaking to me now. And because I think time helps as well. So because you're able, you've arrived at this point in your journey, that's something that you see. Hey, if I had trust myself, then I could have saved myself a lot of time. To me, that's easy, easy to be said than done. So could you give us a smaller step? Is there something that you can do that can get you to the point of trusting yourself? How can you look at him for who he is today? Look at what you have today. Because as I think about it now, I can see that. I can say, okay, I see where Tess is going with this. But as I think about myself, where I was in 2016, it was hard for me to trust myself. As you mentioned before, it's murky. Like, you're there, but you're not there. Like, how can we get the survivors to see that it's okay to trust yourself? To trust myself is first to tell myself the truth.
1: Yes. For me, the small step, which is such a big step, is to tell
0: myself the truth. Yes. Yes.
1: I believe at that time, I didn't trust myself because I was given excuses and reasons and not really owning up to how I was feeling. What exactly was going on in my home? And allowing someone else to tell that narrative for me. So when someone saw me with a big black eye, remember them goldfishes with the big black eyes? eyes? Uh Uh Oh, I have a big swollen eye. And instead of telling myself the truth, No matter what, I wasn't deserving of that. Allow someone else's narrative to skew away my truth and say that was okay. So
0: you told yourself the truth. That's one step in trusting yourself. Yes, that's one step in trusting myself. Trusting yourself, you have to tell yourself the truth. Tell myself the truth, and you know yourself knows it, like. You can say whatever you want to anyone. They can believe whatever you say, but you know the truth. You know the truth. And if you tell yourself the truth, wow. Well,
1: whatever wow. Whatever that truth is. Wow. The wow. next small step is to find a safe place, space
0: in a person to share that truth with. To share the truth. That's how you be interested. So You want to tell yourself the truth. Share that truth with someone who will tell you
1: the truth wow. back. Who wow. will say, Yes, Tez, no one has a right to put their hands on you to create such harm and damage to you. But I didn't tell myself the truth. And that allowed those around me to also tell me a lie, which was connected to the life that I wanted, I wanted to create, yes. uh-huh. but was not the truth. to truth. <laughs> and that's hard. That is very hard. That's it's hard. very hard. But harder than that is actually
0: staying. It is. And as you say that, I think about my story and my journey and I wasn't telling myself the truth. I saw everything. I saw it, but I had to keep things in my household. Don't tell anybody your business. And had I begun telling myself the truth, I could have learned to trust myself. But I'm thankful because though I didn't do those beginning steps, I found you. I found the person who I can tell my truth to. And you have been that person for me. It is amazing how things work out because though you experienced that story and you found your person, you are my person. You are the person I was able to share my truth with. And because you knew my truth I was able to begin to start trusting myself. Wow. So you're breaking cycles and you're starting cycles. <laughs> you broke your cycle in your family for domestic violence, and you helped me begin to break my own. You became the person for me. And that's, and just sitting here with you is just. And it's we can do that for each
1: other, society, communities, yeah. our friends. Our families. Oh, yes. One of the things that I would say to myself, it was easier to be there. And I would stop myself because is that the truth test or is this just uncomfortable? Was it truly easier to be in that space and place with someone who is physically, emotionally, and financially abusive to you? Or is this moment just difficult? Which is the truth? Because we will face, or I will build a narrative based out of emotions and feelings. But is that the actual truth? Yes. And either way, I'm going to have some discomfort. You're going to tell myself the truth. I don't like it. Mm I don't like that feeling either. But which will connect me to the life that is so deserving and want.
0: This is beautiful though. This is beautiful. Okay, so you just mentioned communities, and I know how important that is. Mm Um, not just when people think community, the outside, but your community, your village. You introduced me to the book in the company of my sisters. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> I've ordered this book for my aunts, my best friends, look, my God moms, my church moms. And I speak so highly of this book because it has changed my life, changed my outlook on myself, and the way I view certain situations. With season two, that's what we want to bring light to. Uh, We're encouraging the survivors to speak about their village, to speak about their support system, to speak about sisterhood. And this book embodies that message. So you're like the perfect person to speak on this because you introduced this book to the sisters group. Could you share with us um, how your support system was. How was it with your three children? Did you have a village that you Mm -hmm. could depend on? I know you mentioned when you find someone you you trust, you tell them the truth, but did you have that person? Not
1: at the beginning.
0: Not at the beginning.
1: And that's why
0: my story lasted so long. So do you feel if you had that person, Mm -hmm. Okay. And
1: in in okay. different aspects of uh, being a mother or being a wife or mm. just career, uh-huh. you know, it, I always had a voice. So maybe I was always supposed to be an advocate, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it just didn't look right, see right. Like something was wrong with a picture, even when I was young. Um, and because I had a voice. Some try to quite, to allow that voice to sound like them, even though I did not think. I remember, I I thought I married into the Bill Cosby family. I, I thought I married into the perfect family. Mom and dad was together, sister and brothers and aunts. Everyone would come over on Sundays and eat. But the little signs. Yeah, tell me my story. There was two family rooms. Uh-huh. One with the women and children and one with the men. Uh-huh. Here we go, listening to that little feeling, that voice, your truth. Right something was wrong with that picture Mm -hmm. i knew but you weren't telling yourself i wasn't telling myself the truth Mm -hmm. i was sold in that looks like bill cosby Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah later to find out his mother said to me where did you find her because i always had a voice i was always respectful Whatever respectful look like. Mm-hmm. But because I said anything, it was always disrespectful. Not that I was using foul language, or not even if I was raising my voice. It was the fact that I had a voice. And that was disrespectful. And I knew no matter what this looked like, what this image a tree this is not what I'm and I think for me that's where it begun because that's for me one. you couldn't just wake up one day and put your physical hands on me for me right. but once you start breaking
0: down that voice yes. that um that light. And I'm so glad you're speaking about this because so often people say why would she let him hit her? It's not something that happens overnight. Tess, it's not something that happens overnight. No. And people need to hear this. No. They don't just wake up and hit you. They break it down slowly but surely day by day. Chest move. Chest move. And by the
1: time they hit comes, checkmate. And then I'm questioning, looking at myself, how could I ever think to myself that anything that I did was deserving and that person always had the free will to walk away? I remember one time in the middle of my relationship, I was in the car, I was so broken spirit till I sat on the railroad tracks Waiting for a try. Wow. And that's from day by day being broken down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Felling alone, not being able to have a voice that is being heard, or not explained away. Because even if someone was listening, they already came back with explaining the way. And it always resulted that I was the one. He's a good man. He's a good father. Mm-hmm. And for me, as you had mentioned, of me becoming an advocate, I never wanted a woman to experience the hands of the missed violence and the horrors behind them. Yes. Yes. And I'm,
0: I'm happy that you were able to get that support system through the organization and the person to speak your truth to. Um you didn't mention um any family or friends were their families and friends there in the beginning or
1: mm-hmm. how Nothing did that look in the same life
0: that I was okay okay I got and I know some people or as myself, my family was so far away. It was physical distance mm-hmm. between us. Mm-hmm. And um,
1: Same with that. My family was from Philadelphia, or still are in Philadelphia. Um, my family here came from his bloodline. Great. Right. Married into the bloodline. His sister became his sister. Right, right, his right. brother became your brother. His mom became your mom. Right. And um, his friends. And if I can say anything, and today I am married,
0: but share.
1: <laughs> but it's not so entwined that I'm still not right. Yes. I and
0: love that, it. I
1: and love that it. right there is such a beautiful walk to be able to walk with someone in a healthy relationship but not lose yourself. Have your own separate friends. Have your own separate career. Have your own separate accounts. Mm-hmm. right? Things you do together uh-huh. but also not so embellished together to it's so meshed together to you don't even see or recognize your own self yourself,
0: you lose yourself and I'm so happy you have that, I am so happy and you get to show that to your children and your grandchildren Mm -hmm. that has to feel amazing it does it has to it It really does and when you was mentioned
1: the the company of my sisters, Uh I shared that with my children and the we, book? Yes, yes. Oh, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> I think we all have. Yeah. What was their take on it? it? Of course, they was curious, but the most exciting moment I had is when my granddaughter saw the book. Uh-huh. And she opened the book and she looked up at her mom and she said, What's your mom giving you now to read? And she started reading beautiful and to plant seeds Mm -hmm. to later on to be watered and nourished through their journey, then those missing pieces I believe will start connecting themselves. They will have some roots that they can hold on to. I am so, so happy of the effort in the work that I put in to create the light that I have. and we can end
0: it right there we can end it right there to the, be in the space of your happiness how after 26 years you endured so much but today you can be so 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 happy mm-hmm. that's Amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I thank you for sharing your story. And especially the part where you talked about how domestic violence doesn't happen overnight. It's something that is like a day by day. They break down. They do certain things that you don't see it coming when it does. So I'm certain that someone listening today, it will make a difference in their life. So thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sister Stories. It's important to note that everyone's situation is different and leaving an abusive partner may not be an immediate or safe option. To explore additional options or for help with safety planning, Please call the Women's Resource Center 24 hours at 404-688-9436 or the National Domestic Violence Hotline. That number is 1-800-799-7233. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, domestic violence is prevalent in every community and affects all people regardless of age, socioeconomic status, sexual orientation, gender, race, religion, or nationality. The devastating consequences of domestic violence can cross generations and last a lifetime. Tune in next week to hear Tamara's story.